welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 223 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. Yes, I know. <laughs> nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm Barbara. Oh, Barbara. Yes. What a nice name. What's happening? Not a whole lot. So we're actually recording this a little bit before, but it comes out on the 4th. You got some major plans? Nope. Well, let's see. I'll probably run, bike, and swim. Yeah? In that order? or I don't know. That's all I do right now. Remember, we're two months out, yeah. so it's kind of one of those all-in things. But no, probably yeah. have a cookout and hang out and do some cleaning and enjoy the beautiful Florida weather. Oh, and I'm going out on the boat with my sister on Sunday, so I'm psyched about that. You see, when you go out on a boat, you're probably talking about the ocean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we go out on boats, we're talking canoes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're going out on a boat? <laughs> uh, maybe, actually. We've been known to kayak lately. That's nice. Yeah, but nothing like going out on an ocean. Yeah, true to that. You know, fireworks and all that probably downtown. Yep, same here. Yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. So what's going on this month? So this is the month for the infamous Ladies of the Mill Summit, July 22nd and 23rd in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. You're not going to be there. I know. We talked about this. You had plans well in advance a whole year. A whole year. But this amazing event is back and it's packed with so many wonderful vendors, attendees, and speakers. And of course... So many speakers that have been past guests on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got Vicki Thomas and Carolyn Capps, Nina Freakenton, Mary Valentine, Kelly Weekly, and of course the host of the whole event, Jill Swafford and Christina Heslip. I mean, it's jam-packed with people that's been on this podcast. It's, it's, it's amazing. So this event is full of inspiration and information. You know, I'm doing that course with Annex USA yep. and Sierra Williamson. That's all about the pink composite on preet parts. Still hard to say. <laughs> A whole bunch of peas. But everyone, males, females, everything in between and around is invited to come to this amazing, amazing meeting. So head over to ladiesofthemill.com or to this episode's show notes to check out the great happenings and to register. And Barb will not be there. No, but I will be at the beach. I'll tell you that in a big old house. I am going to give you a hard time all the way up till July 26th. Okay. So this week we talked to one of those classic second generation lab owners that took over a lab from his mother. Andrew Perricone is new to lab ownership, but definitely not to the lab life. His mother started in labs back in the 80s, so of course Andrew grew up in it. Even after going through lab school, he still started at the beginning and worked his way up. Now taking over GPS Dental Laboratory, Andrew comes on the podcast to talk about the timeline of the lab, growing with technology, lab life in Florida, which is a little different than the rest of the world, yeah. and rebranding the lab for the future of dentistry. So join us as we chat with Andrew Perricone. Hi, this message is for the many dentists and dental staff that are listening to Voices from the Bench every week. The fastest growing product that we have at Growth3x are our Growth3x aligners. Growth3x aligners are only available from Growth3x aligner certified labs. Why? Because we believe in the synergies that are being created between you, the dental office, and your lab. 
and we want to further leverage these synergies. Our aligners are for instance used as a pretreatment to larger restorative aesthetic cases. They're used to widen gaps prior to placing implants. They're used to close the diastema, ease crowding and simply enhance your patient's smiles. Even for your Essex retainer needs, your Growth 3X Aligner Certified Lab can help. Look for a Growth 3X Aligner Certified Lab near you, such as Castle Dental Lab in San Antonio, Texas, ask for Blaine, AMK Dental Lab in O'Neill, Nebraska, ask for Anne, Stax Dental Lab in McCool, Maryland, ask for Derek, AA Dental Design in Marietta, California, ask for Frankie, and many, many more. For a complete listing of Growth3x Aligner certified labs, go to www.growth3x.com. Thank you, Growth3x, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We're happy and excited to welcome to the podcast a good friend of ours down in Florida near you, Barb. I think he in the Orlando area, but we got Andrew Pericone from GPS Dental. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Good morning. Good to have you. So you're second generation. I believe we talked to your mom probably. Oh my gosh, just probably four years ago now. Uh, yep, that was at the FDLA meeting. Yeah, briefly, just a quick conversation, but you're running the show now. Do you grow up in the lab? Of course, you know, my story, like pretty much every other, you know, younger technician <laughs> nowadays is, yeah. you know, kind of begins, you know, it's, it's, it's all like a, a family business, you know, it's all in the, in the family. I always say there's, there's dental, you know, in our blood, you know, so really on my mom's father, he was a dentist in the-, the okay area i'm all through the you know 60s and 70s and 80s he graduated from georgetown university and you know my mom would kind of help him out in the office back in the day and she was kind of deciding what she wanted to do and, and she was thinking of getting into hygiene but you know she was always very artistic and so my, my grandfather, we, we, we call him Nono, it's, it's an Italian thing, but Nono would say to her, you know, you don't, you don't want to get into hygiene, you know, you don't want to be cleaning mouths all day, so, you know, why don't <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you know the, the, the lab industry. So that's where she went. She kind of had a, a small lab, you know, in-house for years. And, you know, when I was little, I would always help out in, in little ways, whether it be putting the uh, models together or things like that. I'd, I'd, I'd watch the, the delivery cars even for a little bit. So really my, my whole life, I was around the lab. Yeah. Summer jobs in high school, things like that, you know, helping out really any, any way that I could. Did you cast bugs? Cast bugs? Uh, no, but I, I would help cast the ponics back in the day. <laughs> it was pre-manufactured ponics that we would cast for all of our PFMs. Oh, how fun. <laughs> But where do you get a question like, did you cast bugs, Elvis? We have had so many people on this podcast (laughs) cast bugs as they were kids growing up. I think it's weird and kind of gross. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I didn't do that. But yes, people at the lab did do that. (laughs) And and it's funny you mentioned that uh, we had some reps over yesterday and my partial manager on his bench, he has a scorpion and a 
giant spider that he had caught many, many years ago. And yeah, they're cast into uh, non-precious metal. And they're That's great. And polished up and on, <laughs> on his bench. Sea <laughs> barb, it's a thing. Yes, yes, I do remember. <laughs> My dad used to cast me rings and jewelry, though, so no bugs for this girl. <laughs> At least they're not gold bugs or anything like that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, don't be wasting the good alloy on that stuff. (laughs) So did you always like it? So you grew up there. You spent your uh, summers kind of in the lab. And so did you immediately take to it and know that you always wanted to be involved in your mom's lab? Or did it take you a little bit of time to realize that that's where your heart was? It did take some time. All through high school and I guess towards the end of my senior year, I guess I wasn't quite sure, you know, what I wanted to do, like, like most seniors, I guess. And, you know, at the time, I was really into like, cars and automotive stuff. And I was kind of thinking of maybe going that direction, being like a mechanic or something, something like that. But I I almost had a, I guess you could say a, a similar conversation that my mom had with my grandfather, where my mom's like, you know, you don't want to be like changing oil all day and like, you know, doing things like that, you know? <laughs> That's great. And so I was like, okay, so I kind of just took a year off. Like I didn't, I didn't go to college or anything my first, you know, year out of high school, just kind of, well, I'll be honest, I just partied a lot, and, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but did that and, and, you know, worked a, you know, a job at a restaurant, a bar and whatnot. And then I kind of made the decision like, all right, had a year of fun now we got to figure something out here and so time to grow up andrew so (laughs) not still haven't quite done that part yet but (laughs) but um so i was like all right well there's a school which unfortunately closed a few years ago but the the indian river oh uh, yeah college absolutely yeah well i should say the school is still there but the program closed yeah Um, yeah. but at the time they had a, a good you know, dental lab program there, brand new building. And so as soon as I kind of mentioned to my mom, you know, all right, let's, let's do this. You know, like I, I want to, I want to see if this is something that I'm going to enjoy. I mean, again, I've always been around it, but is it going to be my passion? I don't know, but Hey, let's just see what happens. You know? So the the minute I told her that I think in about 10 seconds, she already had a, a, a registration form for me to fill out <laughs> meet Miller over there. Cool. And then, yeah, then I, I did the two-year program there, finished in 2007. It was a good program, good director, good good group of, of students as well. People mostly my age, a few older, but overall, it was, it was a good group. Nowadays, a lot of these schools, you know, you start with 15 and you end with five you know that's yeah. how it is you know yeah we obviously lost a couple but we still graduated the majority of our original that's class. awesome so you know and and a lot of these people i've actually keep in touch with to this day and are still in the industry so that that's good you know that means they had kind of the same passion i guess that i kind yeah. of remember any but, of them at gps uh no one of them yeah. did because uh this one guy lived in Orlando. So after school, yeah, he did come work here for about a year or so, but then him and his family moved to, uh, I think North Carolina. So where was Indian river? What's that close to? Is that Orlando area? East coast. Yeah. It's like a Port St. Lucie area. Well, actually Fort Pierce is is the actual town that it's in, but it's just right Uh outside Port St. Lucie. It's it's a good hour and a half, kind of halfway to Miami. Oh wow! So you traveled quite a bit to go to school. Yeah, um, and I didn't. I didn't live there either. You know, like I just kind of commuted. Um, mm. No offense to Fort Pierce, but it, there's not a whole lot going on around there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just stay in Orlando. 
And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't easy because I mean, I had to drive an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back every day. Wow. The courses were kind of set up in a way where it was just kind of like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing, eight to five. So we were there all day. You know, it's not like we're running for an hour course or, you know, something like that. So that was a nice thing. And then again, like I said, everybody in the class was was pretty cool for the most part. So eventually I, you know, made friends and there was a guy who had an apartment just kind of not too far from the school. And he, he let me crash there a couple of nights a week if, if it oh, was nice. going to be like, you know, too, too much to go home or something, which, you know, was convenient. But yeah. I couldn't always do that because I also had a job at night working at a restaurant. So kind of juggling those doubling up pretty impressive yeah so what did you gravitate towards him when you were in school for two years what was your what what did you like most about it so i guess like most people crown and bridge is usually where i started and you have to think too this is 2007 this is kind of right when like the digital was starting Mm -hmm. more or less i mean obviously there was some cad cam out there but it was still kind of in its infancy and you know there were days where like let's just say if we had a day off from school or if like for some reason like i didn't make it <laughs> Maybe yeah. I, was late. <laughs> I would just go to the lab and that was kind of like my oh. lesson for the day you know and it was just really interesting at the time because okay here i am in a in a big classroom we would get like a month to do a crown basically you know yeah i'm yeah. uh, um, and then i'm, I'm, in, I'm in the lab and just staring at like the the chaos basically 20 of them (laughs) (laughs) uh, exactly and and you have to think too obviously back then it was mostly pfms you know hand waxing and all that but we did have a circon mill and scanner cool Mm, that was early i was gonna say you were ahead of the curb for sure i think my mom got the mill because again, I don't know if you're familiar with that back in when it first started, I think it was 2001 is when she originally got it. But oh, wow. it was just a mill. Like you you would hand wax like a coping or a crown and then you pop it in the machine and there's like a little laser and it would scan what you wax. Wax, simultaneously yeah. mill that. So there was no even scanning or designing back then. You were still yep. hand waxing. I remember but those days. to produce a zirconia you know, coping, and which back then all it was was coping. So you, no one even did a, a full contour zirconia back then because it was just pure white, you know, it wasn't very nice looking. Sure. But again, like when I would be at the lab on those days off and just seeing that, that's what got my attention right away was the mill and the scanner and all that. Again, we did one or two copings a week, maybe on, on a good week. You know, I mean, again, that's that's just how zirconia was back then yeah i remember always kind of looking at that and being and just saying to myself and to my mom as well like that's the future of this whole industry you know and i think at that time too again i'm trying to think 2007 i mean i think there was like Sarek, right Sarek, yeah maybe or something and you could mill and ceram yeah it's longer than that though that was a long time yeah but I think they had like a little mill back then too, like Sarek. It, it, it wasn't like the MCXL was like a smaller little box mill. I think it was or something like that. And you could put some blocks in there. But again, it probably took an hour or more to mill it and it probably didn't look good. But, but again, <laughs> that's when I knew like, even though at the time it was, it was like nowhere near as big as it is today, the, the digital is kind of what I gravitated to. Were they teaching any of that in school or did they even mention it or? No, they didn't even mention it. 
Yeah. Wow. And the sad part actually is that this past Friday, I had a girl come in for an interview and we hired her and she's mm-hmm. great. And she just graduated from, uh, was it McFadden? Is that the name of the school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I asked her as well because she's showing me, you know, all of her work and it's all hand wax stuff and some PFMs. And I'm like, are you doing any digital? And she said, no. And I thought that was kind of shocking to me. We've learned on this podcast, it's kind of depending on the school. Some yeah. are really on it and some are not so much. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to donate them an old three shape scanner or something. There you go. <laughs> Let me ask you real quick. This is interesting. Do you advertise for employees at the school or how did she find you? Well, I don't advertise, but I definitely need to. Um, (laughs) So basically the director of the school program there, he knows my mom pretty well. Yeah. And this girl, uh, she lives in Orlando. The school is in Miami, but she lives here. Mm -hmm. And so he basically on called me on her behalf to be like, Hey, I have a student. She's graduated. Would you want to talk to her? Of course. I'm like, yes, bring her in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You don't meet many people nowadays that went through a a lab program, you know, and so Mm -hmm. you tend to figure those people are like, I guess what you would call like a a, a lifer, you know, like they, they went to school for this. This is what they want to do. It's not Mm -hmm. somebody who maybe just came from a different field and is giving it a try. So so yeah, so so that yeah, that's that's how we got in touch with her was just just through the the director calling up the lab and asking. It's good to know the right people, man. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of labs in Orlando. There are. I mean, Florida to me is just a mecca of labs. Oh, yeah. So the options, it's good that they reached out to you. For sure. Yeah, and we're definitely excited to bring her in. Yeah. So then after you graduated, so you found your passion and after you graduated, did you go to work? So you were working in a bar, you said. So did you go to work right away for the lab? Oh, yeah, pretty much. I think last day of school was on a Friday and Monday morning I was at the lab. <laughs> so I've got a kid question. A, a kid of a parent that owned a lab. Did your mom pay you all right first out? <laughs> yeah, I did okay. I mean, I, it was the same as everybody else that yeah. was working. You know, at least, well, I started off in the model room, Yeah, you know, like everybody should. And so, yeah, I mean, I was, I was getting whatever this going rate for everybody else in the model room was but but yeah you know that's that's where i started and you know obviously it's a it's a great learning experience oh yeah seeing the impressions and mm-hmm. knowing how to pour models i mean again in the, the two years of being in lab school we probably only poured a couple models you know that's um, crazy you know but yeah so did that i'll be honest with you i i did that for a few years in, in the model room yeah um, really so yeah Yep. You're not on the fast track, huh? Well, I mean, I, w- I would help out with other things. Like I said, you know, we had the circ on, so I would eventually. I kind of jumped into that, but I was, but again, like I told you, we do like a couple a week at that time, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't enough to keep me busy all day, and I was little by little learning other things too. Uh, you know, helping out with waxing, copings, casting metal. That was fun learning how to do bite rims, you know, just Um, all the kind of like entry level stuff, you know, mm -hmm. doing some opaquing as well. Like I said, still kind of holding down the model room for the most part, you know, of the first few years. How big is the lab at this point? At this point back then, maybe close to 25 technicians. That's a pretty big size lab, just saying back then. Yeah. Yeah. And the facility at that time was about 4,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, that was about right. And, and it's amazing too. We were, we were laughing the other day, like back then, it was probably 80% crown and bridge to 20% re- removable. Yeah. Now it's 50-50, but, but back then it, it really was a, ma- a majority crown and bridge lab. Hasn't Florida always been the mecca of old people? And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe it depends where you live. <laughs> they go here to retire. Yeah. Get a lot of dentists. And to get teeth. And keep us very busy. Yeah, absolutely. It's not That's a bad true. plan, to be honest with you. No. Do you guys see more work influx in the winter? Because people are snowbirds? Typically, and I guess... Barbara, you, you could probably speak to that as well. I mean, yeah. in, in years past, we used to always say like, okay, summertime was going to be a little slower. And then, you know, wintertime, you know, leading up to like the end of the year and the beginning of the year was usually slammed. Yep. But I got to say the last couple of years, there's been no summer slowdown at all. No <laughs> doubt. That's a good thing. I yeah. totally agree with you. And that's come out my mouth. You're, you used to be able to gauge, okay. You know, we can let people go on vacation and the lab yeah. gets a little slow and you can burn days here and there. But I agree. So last couple of years, it's like you cannot put a dial on like when the hell it's going to be slow because it's never slow anymore. No, nope. yep. obviously that's a good thing. But but you're right. I mean, obviously people have to take summer vacations and things like that. And but I mean, that just hurts even more mm-hmm. when you're still slammed, you know. Yeah. So do you jump in? Are you are you technical right now? Like, will you jump in, or are you basically just uh, managing and running the operation? No, I mean I, I'm still working. Obviously, not as not like I used to. But again, I mean I am a technician. You know, I mean I've been doing digital designing now since 2011, probably is when, when we bought our first three shape scanner. And so, you know, I mean, we've, we've had some situations over the past, you know, a couple weeks or so randomly where maybe somebody was out or one department was just slammed and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there, start designing some abutments and crowns or throw some pucks in the mill, you know, whatever I got to do. We, we, we recently made a big change in our, our model room, just kind of the way that we were, you know, our, the workflow that we had before just wasn't quite working the way that I wanted it to. So we, we made some changes, but in order to do that, we had to like really get ourselves ahead first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me and a four or five other people from different departments, we all stayed to like eight o'clock one night, just pouring up models and getting everything else. So we could, you know, start the new workflow that the following day without any hiccups. Yeah. So yeah, you know, like I said, I'm obviously I'm on the phone more, a lot, a lot more now than I used to be. And, and, mm-hmm kind of running around the whole lab but but still you know when there's things that need to be done and there's no one there to do it you know i i sit at the bench or or the computer desk (laughs) is your mom still popping in or is she out no she okay well i guess basically in the new year is when she retired you know we kind of did like a slow kind of drawdown where she would only end maybe three or four days a week the next week would be three days a week and then the following week would be you know, one day a week. And then eventually that was it then. But, nice. you know, I mean, again, this is her passion. Yeah. I mean, she was at the FDLA meeting this past weekend because awesome. like, why not? You know, this, this is your passion. This is what you love. So she's always going to be involved with what we do here. Yeah. You know, again, getting back to what I was saying about having to jump in, you know, we had an, just an overflow of, of crowns that needed to be stained and glazed about a week or and a half ago. And yeah, she came in for two days and cool. helped us glaze and stain the FCZs. Yep. And yeah, it was a huge help. 
And, and we had free labor. It was great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. That's so smart. That's cool. You mentioned changing up your model room. Did you have to do that because your digital started out doing your analog or what brought the change? Well, I guess I would say just the way that they were doing things. I mean, it wasn't like a, a big difference. I mean, it was just, we're not like scanning impressions and doing all that. It was just kind of the the workflow of like the way they were doing things in the, in the model room just wasn't the way I wanted it to be, I guess, you know, yeah. just typically I always like to have the impressions poured at night so that when they come in the morning, stone is set and you get to working. They were kind of doing things the opposite way. And I was just like, you know, this isn't really working because your model work if you're, you're, you're doing everything from start to finish on the first day, that means you're not even getting these models to die trimming until the end of the day, which means they're not die trimming until day two now. Yep. Everything at night, you come in, everything's already poured. You just saw them out. You're getting everything to die trimming by lunchtime. Yep. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Helps us get a half a day. And, and again, I mean, it's not rocket science to know that that's the way it should have been. It's just kind of the way that they were doing things for so long. And I finally, I was just like, all right. We're, we're changing this. <laughs> no, it's totally something that management and owners need to realize. The same thing happened at our lab. The model room used to come in at like five o'clock in the morning. I'm same like, here. We don't even have impressions in until like 11 when the drivers right. get back. What the hell are you doing all morning? <laughs> so you had to shift it. I mean, it's just the way the workflow is. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. have your analog model room and your digital printing models in the same room with the same like similar flow? No, it is separate. And um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I wonder if that's something we need to think about. But I, at the same time, and, and I may, hope me this is this might be wishful thinking or thinking too far ahead. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to set a goal where we can eventually just shut down the model room. Oh, yeah. You know, within yep. the next couple of years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just because I'm hoping to go fully digital, you know, that's what we want, you know. Yep. But Obviously, that's a dream. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess to answer your question, no. the The printers for all the models are on our our digital side. The, the digital department it really is kind of its own department. That's kind of how we're set up as well. We do the the models that are analog separate from mm-hmm. um, the whole digital area too. So it's a similar model. Yeah, because on the digital side, you know, obviously they have access to you know three shape communicate and the itero portals and the Seric portals and all these things so as those cases come through they're doing like case acceptance back there yep and they have all the the pans you know we have obviously different colored pans for digital cases like i'm sure everybody else does and so so when those come in you know they're able to take care of those right away get designing and and then go right back to the mills and printing department so we, we figured there was really no need to combine the model room with the model printers. Yep. Great. Who knows? That might change one day, you know, Yep. as we all go more and more digital. So I think we left off in your history. You're still in the model room. Where did you go after that? I mean, did you start hand waxing? Well, like I was saying, yeah, I was kind of doing a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. mostly model work, but. Yeah, dipping my toes into the waxing and casting and all that. And, and again, we had the Zircon mill and all that. And, and that was starting to pick up a little bit, too. I'm trying to think, like, when, like, Bruxer came out, that may mm-hmm. have been, like, around 2010, 2011, something like that. And so that was starting to become a thing where, like, they were prescribing that. And yeah. 
that year, you know, 2011 or so, you could almost say was kind of like the digital revolution, so to speak, maybe, I don't know, maybe we were a little late to that, but that's when we bought our first three shape scanner was 2011. It was a, a D800. And because we were starting to get people asking about like, you know, wanting Bruxer, you know, full zirconia crowns. And at the time, you know, the, the, the Circon like design software, all you could do was like, was like a coping. So we couldn't even do that. So, but, but again, you could do that thing, like I was saying, where you like wax a full crown and then, you know, mill it in the machine, but it was just like either white or like a two, that's all the only options you had. So and it looked like crap and uh, yep. ceramic <laughs> bake like pounds of stain and glaze on it to make it look good. So we, we knew we had to, to go in a different direction in order to be able to offer, again, Brooks Zur crowns or just FCZs in general at that time. So we got the scanner, the three shape scanner, and that was pretty much like my whole thing. Um, I was doing everything, scanning and designing the crowns. And then, you know, we didn't have any mills either because like, the Suricon mill wouldn't, you know, work with that scanner. So we just outsourced them to, God, I don't even know now, some, some kind of, just some random milling center out of, because <laughs> Arjun wasn't doing anything like that back then. So. Ishaquah or something. Yeah, I don't CMC or. Uh, no. Oh, I remember. It was called Hopetown Milling Center. I don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, and they were using. I think Origins Zirconia at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was like a new. So we were getting back like a, you know, pretty aesthetic looking FCZ, again, for the time. And so that enabled us to start really pushing FCZ crowns. And then, of course, like everybody else, everything just started changing. You know, year after year here, all the Zirconia crowns go in the white pans, all the PFMs go in the blue pans. And so year after year, the white pans were just outnumbering the blue pans, you know, and yeah. that there's barely a blue pan in sight around the lab, but that's when, like I said, yeah, you know, I was starting to really make that, that mine, so to speak, you know, but, but it was great. You know, we were, we were growing more because of being able to offer that, you know, playing around because again, at, at that time, I mean, this now we're jumping into maybe 2012, 2013. Again, we were still doing PFMs and we were figuring out how to use digital to do PFMs. So you know, as well as Emacs. So all the hand waxing kind of went out the door then and we were able to get back, you know, wax patterns and things like that from the, the milling center that we were using. You can ship wax patterns in Florida? I think they were printed maybe. Yeah, but don't they melt? I don't know. <laughs> no, they're, they're like plastic, basically. Yeah. Hard plastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were... But again, we, we still weren't doing any in-house milling yet at that time. Just kind of outsourcing everything. But again, we, we knew the writing was on the wall. Like we're yeah. spending way too much money on a, a wax pattern to get back, you know, or, or things like that. So that was the time then that we expanded around 2013. So again, the main lab is about 4,500 square feet. There was a big suite behind us. I think it was some type of like telemarketing thing or something. And they went out of business or were just left. So it was open to us. And nice. so we, we, my mom jumped on it right away and the landlord built like a big, put a big hole in the wall, so to speak, <laughs> yep. two, two swinging doors there to, to connect the two labs together. And boom, there we go. We had 4,000 square feet to build a digital department all of a sudden, you know, wow. but 
it's still just me <laughs> and, yep. and my dog, of course. Who comes to <laughs> so it was small, obviously, but just year after year, you know, we started adding more, more scanning stations, then design more designers. Before you know, we had two designers back there, you know, me and another person, just steady growth year after year after year. We purchased one of the, the Xenotech, the Whelan Mills with the APUC changer. Oh, yeah. Um, Barb, I know you got a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a great solid mill. So that, that was our, our one mill that we had at the time. And, you know, again, we're probably doing 40, 50 crowns a day at that point, you know, so that was keeping up. But again, you know, eventually we just started doing more and more. And it's like, okay, now we got to get a second mill, you know, and then, and then I think later on we got our first printer, which I think was a form lab, which I'm sure that's kind of like the, the printing for, for noobs, you know? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> great place to start <laughs> a lot of failures with that one that's for sure but of course you know moved on and and again just yeah steady growth year after year and now here we are staring at i mean i know elvis you were in the lab a few months ago yeah and and even since then we've added two printers and two more rolling five axis mills you know seriously yeah, <laughs> I was just there. It's crazy how, like, again, I, I wish I could. I had a before and after picture of just yeah. me, my desk, and my dog sitting next to me. And now there's like a dozen desks of with people from you know from scanners to designers to people who are just accepting cases and and whatnot. And again, another whole wall of milling machines and printers. And 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 it's funny because we're actually really growing out of that already. You know. I don't know if I took you into our garage when you were you were over. I mean, obviously it's just a full of junk, but that's going to be the next expansion. Now we're going to turn that's about a thousand square feet, and we're going to build an outdoor garage, like a big shed type of thing. Put all of our storage in there and turn the garage into you know drop a ceiling, put some walls up, put, put flooring down, and that's going to be another part of the lab now. And wow, wow. really. That's just going to be more machines. So when you think about all of the growth that you're having or that you have had since then, what do you think one of the main reasons for that is? Well, this is a lot of reasons. I mean, I mean, again, I'm just taking over since the new year, but you know, my, my mom was always pretty aggressive about, you know, trying to get new work. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have great technicians here. We, we do good quality. I mean, again, just in, in my last six months, I've talked to a lot of doctors who just called from, you know, word of mouth type of things and nice. wanted to send some cases or, but at the same time too, you know, we, we have a good kind of, you know, support staff, people who are obviously very friendly with the office managers and things oh, yeah. like that. And, you know, when yep. the office manager leaves, they don't forget about us. So that's, that's nice as well. Mm -hmm. A different office. So that that's helpful as well. Obviously the industry is just exploding. Oh yeah. That's another part of the, you know, the equation. That's a great answer. Know, do, do you think maybe like a, a decrease in, in labs? I mean, I think referrals is huge. Um, referrals is huge. And the fact that you're, do you guys have a sales team? Not really. Well, that's um, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's word of mouth referrals mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. We've had salespeople in the past and I got to say, it never worked out. Yeah. I don't really know why. One of the things that I kind of think about too sometimes is if you're a doctor and you're swayed by just some sales guy coming in to, to use them, these people probably jump around a lot. 
Yeah. So like some of those new accounts that these sales guys would get wouldn't work out. And it was never really an issue of like bad quality, but just this little thing, little issues we would have with some of these people. My favorite one is the, I won't obviously say any names, but just a, a, a massive case that we did. And then they canceled it like the day it was shipping. Oh. And all these things, the patient didn't want anymore. And we're like, well, this is going out tonight to you guys and you're going to be paying for it. I was going to say, and we're charging. Yeah. It's and then of fine. course they got mad and stopped using us, yeah. but that was one that the salesperson had gotten for. So after that, we kind of just said, you know what, we're doing just fine on our own. We'll just stick with what we know best for right now, unless things change. But Wow. Great answer. And of course, those great dentists that were like, well, my last lab didn't do it right. So <laughs> maybe yeah. you will. Those are my favorite. <laughs> But also, I guess to expand on the, on the growth part, you know, just offering more products, you know, obviously, again, when I, when I go back to like the 2013, you know, yeah, you know, still doing just a lot of PFMs and full zirconias and, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't even really think we were doing like custom abutments back then, you know, I mean, most implant cases were usually just grinding down a stock abutment or sure. something you know, so, so again, that, that all changed, you know, we do a lot of our own in-house milling for custom abutments and, and oh, do you? Yeah. bars. And so I think that's enabled us to, I guess you could say, expand our portfolio and, and bring in more accounts that way. And obviously when you're doing that stuff in-house, it's faster turnaround time. So oh, yeah. I think all that's just a good a win, a win, yeah. win and a win. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's great yeah. to hear that. We just got our yeah. mill so that we can start doing abutments as well uh, okay. just a week ago. So you're ahead great. of us, that's for sure. So it's working out pretty well. Which one did you guys get? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm in the ceramic department and I was like, oh, damn, look, we're doing implants. But I'm not sure what it is. But But that's great, yeah. though. So that's it. I'm working out well for you. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, definitely. Good to hear. Yep. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on that bus. Now the, the next venture is going to be digital cast partials. Nice. So what are you going to get an SLM printer? Yeah, that's that's oh. what the expansion that we're doing is to basically build and launch a fully digital cast frame department. Because um, we that's the only thing that we don't do here is cast frames. There's a, there's a lot of like cast frame labs in the area that we just utilize. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... And Barb, I don't know if you had this or not, but we had the Bago printer a long time ago. And that was going to be our big thing about like printing partials and casting. And then that just did not go well at all. And so we kind of gave up on that and went back to just like hand waxing the metal frames. That was an epic fail for us too. Don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, we went down that same road and it was a fail. Not a good thing. Yeah. That was. What was the issue? They didn't fit. Yeah. The printer didn't do a good job of like basically printing an accurately yeah. fitting pattern. Yeah. And of course, you can't really try that on the model because you usually snap a, a clasp off. So you just cast it and hope for the best. And <laughs> yep. It would just fall off the model. It wouldn't uh, even fit. Ugh. Good times. Good times. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all, all those fails, you know, I guess. Money. Today. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. Sorry, Bago, if you're listening, but not a, yeah, good, not I know. a good thing. I name names. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If you two are mentioning it, I'm sure other people do. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. God, that was it probably, was. what, 10 years ago, maybe? I'm trying to think. Maybe a little less, but yeah. It was yeah. Maybe late 2000, 
Yeah. I know Warren was still here. That was his brainchild. So it had to have been a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so my my partial manager and I, we've been brainstorming over how we're going to do this. And we've got all of our plans, you know, more or less in place. I know they're expensive. That is very true. (laughs) It's got me worried, but... Yeah, it opens up a brand new market for you guys, though. Yeah, so exactly. many opportunities that like you'll I be think... able to fill that thing just with work from other labs. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be able to, as like I would love to be like a a, a, a production center, a resource, whatever you want to call it. If yeah, for all the local labs in the area, if Knight needs some help, we'll, we'll help you out. <laughs> cool. <laughs> there you wow. go. Yeah. I'm good with I, that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's the goal. And, yeah, hopefully uh, advertise to, you know, labs around Florida. I mean, there's, again, there's so many of them. You know, we'll be able to hopefully stay very busy. But, yeah, so, you know, me and him, like I said, we're kind of putting this plan together. You know, he's got some great ideas. I've got some ideas. And so we've been looking at a few different machines. Again, like you said, yeah, they're all very expensive. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> a few people have mentioned, and when yeah. they tell me the price range, I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, but we're going to start slow, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get one. And as we grow out of that, we'll get a second one. But but we're, we're, we're planning this room. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to be like a frame lab that does 500 a day. But the goal is to get to like, like about 100 a day. Like that, you know, that that's the end goal. I mean, right, right yeah. now at our lab, we do 15 a day. So that was our goal. Long yeah. to go. Yeah, that's what um, we were hoping for. Yeah. But these machines, I mean... And again, I don't know if you have these at, at night, but, you know, some of them can do about 20 to 30 a day, mm-hmm. some of these different SLM machines. Yeah. So we figured, all right, you know, if we plan it right and get maybe three of these, I think we could eventually get to that 100, yep. 100 a day mark. And, uh, you know, obviously designing them in three shape and using some type of like a electro polishing machine to finish them. I know D-Light has a, a product that we Heard were looking that. at yep. as well. Yeah, that, that's the plan. Yeah, to be to make it as digital as possible and as easy as possible. You know, the goal is going to be just scan it, design it, print it, and then finish off those little supports and then throw it in the in the machine for electro polishing and then, and then get it out, you know? Cool. I don't know if it's going to be that easy. <laughs> we'll <laughs> find out, I guess. But, uh, it's a great theory, Andrew. Yeah. Great theory. Yeah, it's kind of like when you start out with anything digital, you know, you've got that learning curve and you just stick with it and you figure it out and then you become super freaking productive, mm-hmm. smart. And then before you know it, you have three and they're all paying for themselves. Great. Yeah. I love it. I hope so. <laughs> yep. We don't do them, by the way. Yeah. We, we, oh, okay. were, we were not successful and got out of that business. We have had a um, frame lab that merged with us probably, I don't know, 12 years ago. And since, you know, they, they just kind of dissipated and uh, we moved on. Yeah. And that's what happens. Again, similar situation. Obviously, nowhere near as big, but after the whole Bago thing kind of failed and, you know, we just had one guy just yeah. hand wax frames all day and he would he would do them all from start to finish. But, you know, he was older and then yep. he eventually retired. And when he retired, that was kind of it. We're like, well, we don't have a partial department anymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, we don't have like a, a list of resumes to call up, you know, to get metal frame people in. Exactly. They're not teaching it at the schools. Digital is where it's at. That's for sure. You're, you're on the right freaking track. No doubt. Are you going to market that? So do you have a marketing person? I, I don't know if I missed that or do you market? So no sales, but do you have marketing? We do have marketing. Yeah. Yeah. We do have, I have someone here that, yeah, does really good marketing. 
yeah. for me. So all the different products that we like to push heavily, he will put together, yeah, you know, nice, nice marketing pieces. Gotta so have it. Yep. When, when we're ready for that, yeah, we'll definitely get something nice put together and just hit up Google and find every lab I can find and oh, yeah. <laughs> mail them out, you know. But yep. um, you, will, you will not have a problem. No. I, I go to so many labs. And it's usually frameworks that they yeah. just want to have a good resource. Yeah. Because the reality is, you know, even with all the, the digital dentures and digital night guards, and I keep hearing by the end of the year, you know, Carbon's going to have a digital flexible now or something. So even with all that stuff, there's still a huge need for metal frames. Yeah. It's, just, it's not going away. No. It's amazing to me that... It's almost like they're coming back almost like I think so you know, too. implants became the standard of care. You saw a dip in them and now they're all coming back. I mean, yep. it seems like everyone's doing them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think I was, I was telling somebody, you know, it's like that, that old saying, you know, if, if you build it, they will come. So I'm hoping when we, we build this department, we'll fill it up quickly. Like I said, man, you will not have a problem. <laughs> so is that why you mentioned before we started recording the rebranding of the lab to be more digital. Exactly. Yeah, that's my vision for this lab. And like I kind of alluded to earlier about wanting to eliminate the model room. I mean, okay, maybe maybe that's a little too soon for that. But that's got to that's the goal. It's got to be the goal for everybody. You know, yeah. get all of your doctors to be digital. Whether it be hopefully them buying the scanner themselves, or if we have to help them out with that. You know, we have had success doing that here, where we either purchase the scanner and return for X amount of work and that works. Does it? Yeah. Or, you know, I know there's some labs that do like a rebate program as well. Yeah. So, you know, whatever we got to do to get all of our doctors to go digital, you know, that's, that's my goal so that we can have every, everything from crown and bridge to dentures all kind of going through digital workflows and just kind of eliminating the errors that are impressions, you know? Yeah. What's your percentage now of digital to regular impressions? Not enough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe 30%. Really? I'm, I'm shocked at that with Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little higher, but yeah, 30 to 35%, I'd say yeah. roughly. Got a lot of work ahead of you. Yeah. So you said Florida, Elvis, are you only, you're not only in Florida, right? Are you up the East coast of the U S or are you just Florida based? Well, we actually do have a small removables lab in Lenore, North Carolina. Mm, nice. Very small. What's that guy's name? I've met him. He's cool. Yeah. yeah. His son did the FDLA Voices from the Bench with you a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, but he left the industry. He did, yeah. Hopefully he'll come back, though, because <laughs> he was, he was good. But, but yeah, <laughs> and that lab up there is all digital. Nice. Uh, we got them a carbon. We got them a mill. Actually, they have three printers up there. Wow. But yeah, they're doing all carbon, lucitone dentures. And then they got them a roll-in mill with the six-puck changer to mill all their teeth and things like that. And, like, you know, they do some, you know, like, uh, busy clear partials and things like that. So, yeah, everything up there. And now, again, they are still getting mostly impressions for all this work. But, but the workflow is not analog. It's all digital. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Nice. But but again, we were able to do that because we just built that from the ground up. You know, I mean, that was about a year and a half ago that that started. Obviously, in the very beginning, most of the work was analog as we didn't have all that equipment up there. But, you know, they were doing a good job and that allowed us to really quickly get the money that we needed to put a carbon in and to get mills and to do all these things. 
And, you know, Bernie is great at what he does. And he was able to convert the majority of his doctors to go digital. And, and the ones that didn't want to, we don't work with them anymore. And he found new doctors that did want to go digital. There you go. So, so that's been great. And that's growing as well. You know, we've made some, gotten some, some good accounts that are going to be sending all digital ventures. And so, so yeah, so that's going great up there again, and hopefully, you know, looking to expand up there as well. You know, the building that they're in, it's a big building. It's actually 6,000 square feet, but it's, it's three floors. So it's just like two, two and two, but the middle floor is the only floor that's actually like workable. (laughs) Um, The the basement is uh, a basement dump more or less in the, (laughs) And the the attic room uh, is is a is is a big mess as, as well. But but you know we, we're working on that. That's that's my mom's project. She's kind of been working with the project manager. They're going to be kind of renovating that bottom floor to be like a more lab. That's great. And then the top floor is going to be a condo for just. You know, I mean, it's. I don't know if you guys have been in that area. It's beautiful, yeah. mountains, and it's it's a nice area. It's a small town, but it, it's very nice around there. So you know, that'll it's going to be like an like an apartment type of thing, condo to kind of rent out. We can even utilize that as like training if I wanted to send some people up there if they got a place to stay. That's, That's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What about plans to go other states? Is, is there any? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds fun. <laughs> I was thinking when I was uh, thinking about that question, like I was kind of thinking clients. So are your doctors mostly Florida based or are you up in the Eastern U.S. with your clientele? Okay. Or is it mostly Florida? Yeah. So clientele is majority Florida. Yeah, for sure. Cool. You know, okay. probably 90% of them are all Florida. Nice. But we do have, you know, some in Georgia, couple of Texas, I think a Michigan, a few Pennsylvania, Virginia. So a few kind of scattered around the East Coast. But yeah, yeah 80 to 90% right here in Florida. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. But you're rebranding. You're like changing logo, changing name. I mean, you're going all out bringing on this digital, right? Yeah. That's huge. GPS has been around. Have we even mentioned what GPS stands for? Uh, I don't think so, but basically (laughs) when my mom started this lab back in 2002, it was called Global Prosthetic Services. Oh, okay. Because it was just a lot. (laughs) (laughs) How did you go about rebranding? I mean, do you work with a company to design a new logo and everything, or did you do it all your own? Well, I guess I, I didn't really do it myself per se, but one of my front office staff, her husband, who is also a friend of mine, like uh, he's an artist and he does, um, you know, really great kind of like 3D artwork of like, you know, Marvel and DC, yeah. you know, t- type of like comic book artwork. And so oh, nice. And he he yeah. does a lot of this stuff like on his computer, you know. So I kind of went to him and I was like, hey, you want to make me a logo? So of course he was like, sure. And I mean, I, and like I said, I when it came to the name, I would never change the name. That's not an option because this is my mom's legacy, you know, but I wanted to just take it from GPS dental lab to GPS digital dental lab, just to kind of throw that little word in there, of course, and, and just kind of come up with a a new logo that just screams that we are a digital dental lab, basically, you know, and I I think we accomplished that. I don't think, yeah, yeah, again, you, you were here a while ago and so you didn't yeah, but yeah. but we, we have a new logo now and, and we're going to be, you know, kind of implementing that really soon. Obviously, we got to change the website and all of our prescriptions and all all that little stuff. But, it, you know, it's not yeah. that 
too big of a deal. It's not like, with like a huge thing. It's just kind of swapping out the logo on, I mean, all the marketing stuff we have saved. So it was just remove this logo, put that logo on and you know, start reprinting things. But maybe I'm oversimplifying it. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, uh, um, but obviously, you know, you know, new uniforms and T-shirts and you oh, get yeah. as well. And, and that's all coming. Did you get your mom's blessing on the logo? She yeah, liked it. Of course. It. Yep. She was, she was the first one yep. to see it. So I told her, yeah. I'm not going to do this or show this to anybody until you're the first to see it. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous because <laughs> I don't say, but, <laughs> but, I, but right away she was like, oh, I, I love it. You know, so I was, I was great. Nice. So once I knew she, she liked it, we, we jumped right in with everything and yeah, got a new sign up and all that stuff. So any fear of the 70% of doctors that aren't digital thinking they can't use your lab or is this going to be like a conversation you're going to have to have with them? Mm, well, the nice thing is that a lot of these uh, 70%, well, I guess I'll say first, I mean, Barbara, you work with a lot of DSOs, you know, so do we. And I'm sure, you know, I, well, you've seen what happened with Heartland where they oh, yeah. put Iteros in, I think, just about every office now. We are starting to see that with a lot of the DSOs that we work with. And that's obviously great for me because that yeah. means I don't have to go buy them all scanners. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, I agree with you. And, and, yep. um, I'm sure we work with a lot of the same people. So that's kind of where that's the majority, I'd say, of that 70% is. So, you know, when they tell me, oh, we're in the middle of beta testing different scanners and things like that, that, that makes me feel really good about that. So yeah. I know that that's the direction that they're going. And, and, and even some of the other DSOs that we work with that we get impressions from, maybe the, the smaller ones, you know, some of them have scanners. And, and, and so I know that that's the direction they're going. So eventually most of them sure. will have them too. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm scared that I will lose them. I, I, I think... Ultimately, they're all going to go in that direction, whether it's by doing it themselves or, like I said, me helping them in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Just kind of worry sometimes. Some of those older people might not think that they can send to you once you become digital. I mean, I even had that conversation. If they're that old, we don't want them. Just kidding. There you go. If they're that old, then, you know, they're they're close to retiring and they're going to hire somebody that's going to take over their practice, that's going to want to be all digital. And I wouldn't worry about that at all. So just saying. Yeah. And you'll be there to help them. Exactly. Yeah. That is some awesome stuff, Andrew. I had no idea you're going in that direction. That's a major growth you've had. Bet your mom's happy. Oh yeah. yeah. And proud of you. <laughs> yeah, she's she, she's doing great and she's she's loving retirement. She's golfing and pickleballing and going on vacations. I'm like, yes, you you deserve it. You've you've been doing this for a long time. So now's your time to enjoy, you know, the, the fruits of all your labor. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Did you say pickleballing? What the hell is pickleballing? No, is that a Florida thing? Oh, yeah. You don't know what pickleball (laughs) is? Oh, my God. Wow. What is it? (laughs) I hate to end on this note, but what is pickleball? Short tennis? How would you describe it, Andrew? Well, yeah, it's tennis, but on a smaller court, I guess. Smaller rackets. and I mean, I've never played, but it sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah, but she's like in a league. And so, yeah, she's she's pretty good. That's cool. <laughs> Got to stay active. Yeah. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We appreciate you and all that you're doing. And 
excited to see where you go next. And when you start getting those frameworks out, I think that's going to be a huge thing. Well, thank you. It was, it was great agree. to be on with you guys today. Yeah, thank you as well. We had to reschedule. Appreciate you coming yeah. back. <laughs> Sorry about last time. <laughs> it's all good. We, we are all busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right. Thank, you. thank you. Cool. Have a good one. Bye. So let's talk about Wick Mix for a minute. There are three D print resins for models that do a decent job, and then there is the Whip Mix Vera Models OS. Dr. Michael Scherer, a prosthodontist from Sonora, California, says, and I quote, Whip Mix Vera Model OS is one of the finest model resins that I have ever worked with. It's amazing. The popular resins offer the dental laboratory a high-quality, smooth surface finish, extreme precision, reliable accuracy, and fine detail. They can be used in the 385 and 405 nanometer printers, and they are compatible with the silicone-based separators. Veramodel OS print resins are available in ivory, golden brown, gray, and white colors for any model application. For more information, call 1-800-626-5651 or visit Whitmix.com. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on our podcast and telling us your awesome story. And of course, as a fellow Floridian lab rat, I can totally relate a lot to what you're going through. It sounds like you're moving in the right direction, and I am looking forward to having a good lab super close as a resource just in case for metal frames. So it takes a lot to rebrand a lab with a long history as GPS, and we wish you luck of years of continued success. Awesome, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Happy Fourth of July. Bye.